77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Cover me off of the great Born in the USC album, Bruce Springsteen, Still a Come, Rudy Giuliani, Hadass Levy, the Chief of Transit, Michael Kemper, and Bill O'Reilly. But my next guest is part of the legendary Mike and the Mad Dog combination. He's gone on to do some amazing things. His own channel at Sirius XM, Channel 82. He's got his great sports talk show, 3 to 6, every afternoon, Mad Dog Unleashed. And then, of course... He's got the best baseball show on the MLB Network. And I would say that right to Brian Kenny. Nobody better than Dog. He's on at 1 o'clock every day. High heat. Here he is, the great Christopher Mad Dog Russo. Doggy, how are you, buddy? Good, good morning, Sydney. Hi, how's my buddy doing? Things okay? I'm doing great. Uh, you know, it was, um, I told you this uh, via text yesterday that during the Super Bowl week, I was surprised that Mike Francesa, A, was not in Vegas. That. He was here, not in Vegas, and he hopped on the show, doggy. Happy to hear it. And he did a tremendous job on that NFL CBS, uh, NFL Today recap, that hour show they did uh, on CBS at 1 o'clock on Super Bowl Sunday about Brent and Jane Kennedy and, of course, Phyllis and Irv Cross. And he was on there a lot with Jimmy the Greek, and he was on there a lot. CBS did a great job on that show, and Mike was superb. I texted him on that. I did not realize he was on with you that week. I know Mike can at times be a little tricky to get, so I'm happy. And I guess he liked the Chiefs, as I did as well. So uh, I was fortunate to get out of that. Mahomes is too good. That's the bottom line. He's the best quarterback I've ever seen. That includes Brady. Um, he is that good. Now, you're not gonna have this, he may not have the same career that Brady has as far as seven Super Bowls are concerned, but at his peak, at his peak he's a better player because he runs better. He's just incredible. And, uh, you know, he went down the field not once, twice uh, to win that game. And the fumbled punt, to me, was the key to the whole damn thing. Uh, you know, the Niners should have gotten a first down to end it. But if that ball does not hit the, uh, the blocker on the punt at 10-6, maybe they will hang on and win the game. But anyway, glad to see you had Mike. Great job on your part. Now, he did uh, uh, like the Chiefs, uh, as did you and as did I. Again, I don't know how you make the reigning Super Bowl champs who had to go through Buffalo and Baltimore to get there when the Niners struggled against the likes of the Packers and the Lions and underdog. But nevertheless, I want to go back to what you just said. I'm not disagreeing, but it's a very bold statement. Forget about Brady. He's won seven. I mean, I thought Dan Marino was a better quarterback than Tom Brady. He didn't win one Super Bowl, not one. So we, we have this habit of rating quarterbacks based on how many Super Bowls they win, which I don't think is, is right, you know. But nevertheless, you really think Mahomes is the greatest quarterback ever? Yeah. And I go back to 19. I've been saying this for two months. Uh, I've been saying it on first take. I've said it everywhere. Uh, I think um, I'm going back to 1967, star in Unitas. Uh, he's, what is he, about 16-3 and three in the postseason? He's lost three postseason games. Now, I think, you know, he lost two to Brady. One he played great. The other one he didn't because Reed did a bad job with the offensive line. And then he lost a game to Cincinnati where he had the bad half. But you find me somebody better than this guy. Really. I mean, find me somebody who's better than everybody said he couldn't win a road playoff game and wins in Buffalo. Played great. 
He does exactly what he has to do in Baltimore, 30 of 39. Lamar, obviously, way overrated, and he played great in that game against – he didn't play great, but he played well enough, do what he had to do, manage the game properly against the Ravens, and then he recovers off that interception third quarter and wins this game too. He's been to four Super Bowls. He's won three of them. He's 28 years of age. He played unbelievably well in the cold weather at 40 below against Miami when he won, won the game 26-7, whatever the final was. I love the kid. Uh, he's a tremendous runner. Um, he, he has uh, – and think about this. How many Hall of Famers does he have on offense? He's got one. He's got one Hall of Famer on offense, Kelsey. He's got no yeah, – Hill's not there, and he's won two Super Bowls without Hill. He doesn't have an Hall of Fame offensive lineman. He doesn't have an Hall of Fame running back. He's got a Hall of Fame coach. Yeah. And he's got a Hall of Fame, and he's got a Hall of yeah. Fame tight end. Brady had Edelman. Brady had Edelman, who was a hell of a receiver. Amendola, a very good receiver. Obviously, he had the two tight ends, the deceased Hernandez and Gronkowski. I mean, listen, I love Brady. I hate to even say this. I just think that if you're ranking quarterbacks right now, I would go Mahomes 1, Brady 2, and Montana 3, United's 4. That's what I would do. A lot of people think I'm crazy. But what, you're going to tell me that Mahomes is not going to win three or four more Super Bowls at 28 years of age? He's going to win a couple more easy. He's going to win a couple more. And listen, the one thing about Marino, Marino loved his arm. And Marino wanted to throw the ball more than he wanted to run the ball. Marino was not interested in managing the game. He didn't want to do that. He can manage the game. Brady can manage the game. Marino wanted to be the star in every game that he played in. And I think at times that was a detriment to Miami. And let's be fair. He was in one Super Bowl and was completely outplayed by Montana. He's not better. You, you can't put him when you're, ma- when you're matching these quarterbacks up and he's on one in the Super Bowl where he's outplayed and never got to another one. You got to be careful where you put Marino historically lifetime. Yeah, but I got to tell you, I was in Miami for a long time. It wasn't his fault. I mean, his best running backs were Delvin Williams and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Never had a great defense. I know he had Zach and Jason later on, but Marino had that team winning all those games every year, got into the playoffs almost every year. So be careful. I mean, you talk about Edelman. He got out, he got out played by Stan Humphries in San Diego one year. He did. He lost, he lost a playoff game, the Tony Easton championship game at home, 31-14. You want to give him a little break against Buffalo? All right, give him a little break against Buffalo. Uh, he was the quarterback when he lost 62-10 at Jacksonville. You got to be careful. He was, listen, that, was, that, that, that was the end of his career. No, that's fair. Yeah. He did get killed. He did. But I want to ask you about the coach then, because you've got Mahomes that far up the list. I know Reed lost a Super Bowl with the Eagles in Jacksonville. I was at that one. They lost to, uh, to the Pats, and that was the whole ugliness with Donovan McNabb yeah. and T.O. Yeah. in the huddle. But now, you know, there's only uh, two coaches, only two right now with more Super Bowl wins than Andy Reid. Believe it or not, he's got more Super Bowl wins than Vince Lombardi, than Bill Parcells. <laughs> only two, and that is Chuck Knoll and Bill Belichick. Where do you have Reid in the list of all-time greats? Well, first off, he's not, he's not as good as Paul Brown. And, I, and, and this Lombardi thing is ridiculous. He won five championships. And he won three in a row. Now, he won 65. Now, that was before Super Bowl one. You're telling me he wouldn't have beaten the Buffalo Bills if there was a Super Bowl in 1965? Right. He, he beat the Chiefs the next year 35-10. And then he beat the Raiders 33-14 in Super Bowl two. You're telling me Vince wouldn't have won the Super Bowl in 65? What? Really? So, <laughs> he is not Lombardi. He's not Belichick. He's not Paul Brown. And then you got Landry. Shula, 
I remember Gibbs has three. You forgot about Gibbs. Now, not only does Gibbs have three, but by the way, with three different quarterbacks. Three different quarterbacks. And if Jay yeah. Schrader beats the Giants in the NFC Championship game, he he's got four. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, listen, I think Reed's, you know, he's a top eight, top ten coach. You know, you got Landry, Shula. Uh, you just mentioned Gibbs, Parcells, Belichick, Lombardi, Paul Brown. Those are the guys that you're, uh, that you're in that mix. And Reed is probably going to win a couple more. You got to put him in that mix, too. He's a little sloppy. Uh, clock management. He did a bad job in that one Super Bowl against Tampa. But, I mean... Yeah, listen, he's got the he he did a good job without Mahomes because McNabb, Alex Smith, these were not great quarterbacks, and he took him as far as he could take him. So, and Mahomes, he's got an all timer, and that's why he's winning. He remember said without the great quarterback. Now Gibbs, of course, is a little different, but without the great quarterback, you're not winning. Paul Brown never won without Otto Graham. I mean, Walsh had Montana. Obviously, Lombardi had Star. And you have the great quarter. How's Belichick done without Brady? So you need the great quarterback. He's got the great quarterback, and he's going to win plenty of Super Bowls. You want to put Reed somewhere in that six or seven area? I don't have a problem with it. I'm not putting him in Mount Rushmore myself. I'm going Land. I'm going Lombardi, Belichick, Paul Brown, and that fourth one is a little dicey where you want to choose it. You got to go Shula. You got to go Shula. He's got all-time go wins. Shula. He's got the most wins. Yeah. You got to go Shula. Yeah. I agree. You know, one uh, one coach that did win two Super Bowls with a guy that I did not think was great. He was great in college. He won the Heisman, but was not a great NFL quarterback. He may have to go to Tom Flores with Jim Plunkett. That's a good point. Now, the problem with Flores is, Sid, he went to Seattle and was awful. That's the problem with True. Flores. That hurts Seaford, too. Seaford went to Carolina for five years, and they were awful. And that's why Seaford won two Super Bowls. That's why he's not in the Hall of Fame, because everybody perceives it that it was Walsh's team. Remember, he won the 55-10 game, and then he won the game against um, that with Young and Rice against San Diego. Right. Same thing with Plunkett, who won an 80 against the uh, – Plunkett, I'm sorry, Flores – who won the 80 game, and then he won the 83 game. Now, Flores is in the Hall of Fame, and Seifert isn't. Right. But both of those guys left the cocoon of Walsh and, um, uh, and Madden and the Raider franchise, went somewhere else, and didn't win. That's what hurts those two guys when you think about it. That is now, fair. Paul, Brown, Paul Brown's interesting. Paul Brown was great, and then when Otto Grand retired after 55, Paul Brown never won another Super Bowl. Uh, you know, I think he won, he won one more after that, which is really hard to believe when you think about the great Paul Brown. Consider that for a second. Uh, that's a good point. This is uh, the great Christopher Mad Dog, Russo Dog. We're going to take a short break because, of course, your show High Heat is the best baseball show on TV. Fans here in New York are excited. Mets and Cardinals, first spring training game coming up on Saturday. Yankees and Tigers, first spring training game coming up on Saturday. Mets and Yankees with Christopher Mad Dog, Russo, when we get back.
Kid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. From the outside, it looks like Bader's going to be in center most days and Nimmo's going to be in left most days. Is there, is that maybe not the case? Well, I mean, it's matchup related, where we are on the schedule, where we are health-wise. Health there, there's a lot that goes into uh, making the, these decisions. But if everyone's healthy and, uh, you know, and, 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 and producing and, and, and playing uh, the way they, they're capable of playing, uh, you're going to see a lot of Brandon in left and you're going to see Bader in center. But, again, uh, there's versatility and there's flexibility and then the, the health factor. So hopefully, I'm, I, I, you know, I have those tough decisions, you know. Oh, my God, help me. That's uh, the new Mets skipper, Carlos Mendoza. I just realized that Showalter was gone about a week ago. I don't remember the last time I was um, less excited about a Met opening day. I just, you know, Joe Beningo was on the show last week, the great Joe. Doggy knows him well. And he said, I got to tell you, the more I look at the Steve Cohen era, it's starting to look a lot like the Wilpon era. You know, he came in full of piss and vinegar and, you know, the Mets made the playoffs. They got wiped out in the first round by San Diego, but now it's over. Like, I, I was arguing with Jimmy Flippin the other day. I just don't see a, a big-time team here. Maybe I'm wrong. What's he over in Vegas, 80? That's all you need to know. The man who knows the most about baseball on the planet has the best baseball show on TV, 1 p.m. every day, high heat on the MLB Network and his great Mad Dog Unleashed radio show, 3 to 6 p.m. every afternoon on Sirius XM. He's the legend, Christopher Mad Dog Russo. Doggy, uh, just can't get excited about the Mets. Am I missing something? No, you're not. I totally agree. And the way they handled Buck last year, Stearns, was a disgrace. Uh, Buck deserved to come back. They, had, they handled that terribly. Who knows on Mendoza? It's a flip of a coin if he's going to be any good. I don't care what the Yankees say. Um, you know, why well, he's the greatest bench coach in the world. Who the hell knows in the in, in the in the cauldron of a huge uh, ball game in, in in July. Is he going to push the right buttons? Who not? You have no idea of knowing that. And the Mets are not that good. I mean, I, I think their pitching stinks. I mean, I listen, I think overall, you know, they're due to be a little better because everybody's going to write them off. There's no pressure on them. Bullseye's off their back. They had a terrible year last year. I think that will motivate them to a certain degree. And I think they will overachieve from a lineup perspective. And I think that you'll be surprised at times. I think they'd be feisty. But as far as being a good team, how? I mean, they got the Phillies and Braves in their division, who are much better. They, you know, they got somebody out of the NL Central. That's three. And then you got the Dodgers, who you know, are going to sleepwalk to 115 wins. That's four. Plus Arizona's better than they are. That's five. San Diego and the Giants will be competitive. I mean, I, I don't like the, the Mets starting. They got a bunch of fourth starters outside of Senga. Yeah, bullpen Diaz, that's a big plus. Yeah, that will help them, no question. Uh, but I think you're, t- I mean, Bader in center field, really? I mean, this is, <laughs> who knows? Who knows on Marte? Who knows if he's going to be if he's going to be healthy again? Uh, you know, listen, Alvarez will hit some home runs. Uh, you know, the third base situation is a little up in the air. I think they'd be competitive. I think that they have a little something to prove. I think that goes a long way. The Mets are better when they go under the radar than when they are favored. When they're favored, the Mets fall under the weight of that. A lot of times they have done that. When they are not that uh, expected to do much, they seem to play a little better, and I think that does apply here. But the idea that the Mets are a playoff team in October, you know, they're an 83-85 win team. Now, six teams make the playoffs, 
There's a lot of teams that will be in the mix. The baseball, uh, and I don't have a problem with the extra playoff teams, but the one thing it does, it makes the regular season a little more obsolete. Arizona last year won 84 games and got all the way to the World Series. Uh, it makes it a little bit like the NBA, which is not what you want to be, a little bit like the NHL regular season, which is not where you want to be. When you put that many teams in a postseason, it devalues 162. Yep. Now, it keeps the Mets in the mix because A2, A3 wins will, you know, have them on the periphery, and that's where I think the Mets will be in 2024. By the way, the Mets yeah. last year at the Dogs Point won just 75 games. They lost 87. Some Mets fans think they'll lose 90 this year. We'll see. Uh, the team, though, that has huge expectations, kind of the Dodgers of the American League, maybe we see it again, what we saw in 77, 78, and 81, and that's the Bronx Bombers, the Yankees. That is a vicious lineup. If those guys, it's a big if. I get it. Big if. But if those guys stay healthy, Judge, Stanton, the best hitter in baseball, or one of the best, I should say, with Soto. And then you've got even guys down the lineup like that kid Volpe, who came on the scene last year, hit over 20 home runs. I mean, on paper, that is a vicious Yankee lineup. And Rizzo will be healthier. Uh, Yeah, the Yankees are going to be good. Um, I'm expecting Rondon to be a little better. Uh, Cortez uh, would would bounce back. And obviously, he got Cole there at the top of the rotation. They should score a ton of runs. You know, I tell you one thing about the Yankees, though. If I'm the if I'm the owner, you got to get to the World Series this year if you're Boone. I mean, that's all there is to it. I mean, if Boone does not win a couple of playoff rounds, uh, I think I, he's managing for a supper. I know you're going to tell me Cashman, too, uh, but Cashman seems to, you know, he's been there for 25 years. He's got a job for life. Uh, you know, Boone's a little different. This is a very important year for him. He's got to win some rounds in the postseason. But I'm with you. I think the Yankees will be very, very – they're due to be better, due to be healthier. Soto will add a lot. That short portion right, he hit 40 homers. he take his walks. He, he posts. Last year he played 162 games. So he usually plays. Stanton's bound to be a little better. We know about Judge. And the Yankees will be good. I mean, let's call it like we see it. The Yankees will be good. They got Cole at the top of the rotation. They figure out what they got to do with the other guys. And, and Holmes in the bullpen. I know they lost some arms in the bullpen, Peralta, but, I mean, they'll be all right. They'll figure it out in the bullpen. Uh, the Yankees, uh, listen, Tampa's not going to be as good. Toronto's not going to be as good. The Orioles got a lot of expectations on them. Younger team, we shall see. The Yankees, I would be, they would be my pick to win the American League East. Now, listen, Houston is very good. And the Yankees never beat Houston. Hater's going to really help that bullpen with Presley. They got Altuve signed. They're going to get Tucker signed. They're going to get Bregman signed. Um, you know, last year they lost game seven to Texas. They were the second best team in baseball. Houston is no – everybody else is up in the air, not Houston. Yankees never beat Houston. Houston owns the Yankees. So that would worry me a little bit because the Houston's got gamers and the Yankees sometimes don't. But, I mean, other than that, Yankees got a hell of a chance playing the World Series. So final, no final 60 seconds, uh, dog, is always just a tremendous appearance. Uh, talking Yankees, talking Astros, talking Dodgers, and outside the Mets, basically talking chalk. Give me the Christopher Mad Dog Russo team as we start spring training games this weekend that people are not talking about. They're going to open some eyes come September. That's a very good question. Hmm. Uh... Uh, come September, open some eyes. Maybe the Reds? Give you a weird, uh, yeah, that's one. I'm also going to give you Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City, first of all, they're going to get that new ballpark downtown. That's number one. 
They signed Witt to a maximum $377 million contract. The owner means business. They brought a lot of younger. They brought a lot of pitchers in there. You know, the Michael Walkers of the world. Now, I understand that's not going to get anybody excited. They get the first baseman back, and they're in a terrible division. Minnesota stinks. The, in, the Guardians have done nothing. I don't care what Steve Vogt is, the manager. And they are in Detroit. Is a team that, you know, they've, they, they haven't done anything in a long time. They should be a little better. Having the White Sox are a mess. You know, the Reds are in a division. Cardinals could be decent. Cubs are okay. And the Reds starting pitching. Uh, I know it sounds uh, – that's a good one, though. You brought up a good one. Reds and the Royals, two teams out of those bad divisions. Remember, folks, those centrals are horrendous divisions. It's an embarrassment. <laughs> Nobody has a high payroll in those divisions. Yep. So I think the Reds and the Royals could make some could make some noise. Uh, uh, Chris, you're uh, the absolute best. I say it all the time. The best ever, folks. Check them out. Three to six every weekday afternoon. Mad Dog Unleashed on Sirius XM. And, of course, uh, High Heat, 1 p.m. on MLB Network. And, and also, let me say this. Wednesdays, ESPN, Stephen A. Smith, all week long, ESPN. Nobody better than my dear friend, Christopher Mad Dog Russo. Doggy, thank you so much. You got it there, Sydney. Knock him dead, big guy. Thanks for having me. You too. There he is. Hall of Famer, folks. He made the Hall of Fame last year. He was in Chicago. Christopher Mad Dog Russo, 